Good morning. It's Saturday, October the 31st, and welcome to another episode of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. Um, Pastor, we've, we've got a great subject matter today uh, to discuss. Uh, it's something that's critically important to uh, believers and non-believers alike in today's world, wouldn't you agree? I agree totally. We're going to be talking about uh, what the Word of God is. Uh, we're going to be using uh, one of Pastor's booklets that he's written. Uh, it's it's really a splendid splendid piece of work. I, I've I've read it several times, and uh, and uh, every time I do, I, I get something else out of it. Um, and I think that's the way it's supposed to work, isn't it, Pastor? That's the way it's supposed to work. And by the way, if you're diligent, that's the way it does work. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Um, before we dive into this, I, I think we'd, I'd like to set the table uh, for you, if you don't mind. Um, I've been doing a little research on w what Christians today actually believe uh, about the Bible. And uh, there are two organizations out there, I think, that, that uh, do some really fabulous work on, on uh, the collection of statistics and, and the research that they do about these subjects. And uh, that's the Pew Research Group, P-E-W, Pew Research Group, and also the Barna Group, B-A-R-N-A, -A, the Barna Group. Uh, they've been doing this kind of these kinds of studies for years and years, and uh, I've looked at um, a couple of their most recent reports, which are only 2019, um, and I was shocked to see some of these numbers, Pastor. Uh, for instance, uh, the Barna Group uh, did a study in uh, mid-year in 2019 uh, that states that. Only 31% of all Christians polled believe that the Bible is inspired directly by God. Only 31%. Now, if memory serves me correct, uh, I, I believe that the inspiration of the Bible uh, is one of the core Christian doctrines that that most Christians used to believe, but there seems to be a falling away from core doctrinal belief. Um, have you have you witnessed any of that, Pastor? Have you have you seen any of that in churches today? Uh, sadly, I must report, I see it in a lot of churches today, and very few that really love the Word of God and believe that it's a one hundred percent. Right, right, and that, that is a sad state of affairs. Um, you know, I, I've over the years uh, of study, personal study, and uh, and witnessing to, to many, many, many people, uh, I've heard the Bible referred to as many different things by by many different people, saved and unsaved alike. Um, I think the most common uh, description of the Bible I've heard from most unsaved people is that 
Uh, well, the Bible's a nice collection of stories, or uh, I've even heard the term fables used, um, and the verbal plenary uh, inspiration of the Bible is, is actually scoffed at in, in most circles, and even some Christian circles today. Lots of them. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's shocking. It, it's, and it's disturbing to, uh, to, to see these trends. Um, but sadly, I believe that's the state of our church today. And, and, and with that in mind, uh, if you would please elucidate on what exactly the Bible is uh, for us, we would greatly appreciate it. I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you, Pastor. Please, uh, please explain to us what the Word of God is. Please, I think so, there, there, there's no better source, is there? That's for sure. So the intent of this lesson is to uh, display the magnitude and the magnificence of the Word of God. And it's my hope that uh, in some way during this lesson that, that I may instill in the believer and in unbelievers the enlightenment, edification, encouragement, endurance in the study of the Word of God. And I'm going to give you a brief outline uh, to uh, tell you what I'm going to emphasize. And there are eight things here. And uh, so if you'll uh, give me the time here, I'll, I'll go through these eight things rather quickly. First of all, I want to show the initiation of the word. That is, its origin is in and from God. Amen. Number two, its infallibility. It cannot fail. Right. Number three, it's, it's inerrancy. That means it contains no error. Number four, it's immutability. And that's a word that means it does not change. Number five, the integrity. It's pure and honest, and God cannot lie. Number six, it's infinity. It is not bound by time nor humanity. His word was, is, and ever shall be. Number seven, the instruction of the word, and that simply means that which it teaches. And number eight, we want to express the implementation of the word of God, and that's how it is to be used and practiced in the believer's life. And so, having said that, let's get right into the meat of the matter, and we'll start off with our title, The Word of God Is. Number one, it's providentially given, it means by God. 2 Timothy 3.16 says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, the word inspiration in the English language is a translation of the Greek word theopnoestos, which means God breathed. And so all scripture came from the very breath of God by which he also gave Adam life. In Genesis 2.7, he breathed into Adam, into Adam's nostrils, the breath of life. And every word uh, comes from the breath of God. Now, I believe, Curtis, that God divinely dictated his word to holy men of God who spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. We see that in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21. And then David the psalmist writes in Psalm 68, 11, he plainly says it, the Lord gave the word. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. Now, as to the dictation of the word, I'm going to present these scripture references regarding this issue. 
in Deuteronomy 3, I'm not going to give you the whole verse, but uh, these things that were happening there to the Jews happened uh, that they may know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Right. That's every word. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus was tempted of the devil in the wilderness, and the devil said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And Jesus' answer was, It is written. And he was referring to Deuteronomy 8, 3. He said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Right. In, in Isaiah 55, 11, uh, the Lord is, to, is saying this. He says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, and he talks about that it's going to, uh, that which uh, is his purpose. Uh, these are uh, just a few verses from of the Word, and there are many more. And I will address this in another lesson, another article entitled, Did God Dictate His Word? And so the Word of God, number one, is providentially given. It came from God. Number two, it's profitable. 2 Timothy 3.16 gives us four things for which the Scriptures are profitable. The first thing is doctrine. The Scripture says all Scripture, all scripture A-L-L, Scripture, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. And so first thing is doctrine. Now, how important is doctrine? Well, let's tell us what doctrine means. It means a teaching. And it's very important because in the pastoral epistles, First, Second Timothy, and Titus, the word doctrine appears seventeen times. Wow. Now, the purpose of the purpose of doctrine is to teach us mm -hmm. to know what to believe. Right. The second thing is reproof. Reproof teaches us the ability to discern what not to believe. Mm -hmm. Now, this is important because there are those who have according to Romans 1.25, who have changed the truth of God into a lie. Yeah. Second Peter also refers to this awful thing that's happening. It says they will bring in damnable heresies. Mm, yeah. And these same people shall be turning the grace of God uh, in, in lasciviousness and denying the only God and our Lord Jesus Christ. That's in Jude, verse 4. Mm -hmm. The third thing, uh, is correction. Now that means it teaches us to learn what not to do or what not to believe. Now the word not, N-O-T, occurs in the King James Version approximately 6,000 times. And in Proverbs chapter 3, we see that word not 15 times. And I want to tell you, Curtis, I, I greatly dislike being negative, but the Word of God frequently is correction. Mm -hmm. teaches us what not to do, what not to believe. The fourth thing uh, that the Word of God is profitable for is instruction in righteousness. And that, that means very little commentary from me. It teaches us how to behave. Right. Now, to sum up these four things that are profitable, is that the man God, and here's the purpose, that the man perfect, that is complete, thoroughly furnished unto all works, and that's the purpose of the Word of God. Number three, the Word of God is not only providentially given and, and profitable, it's pure. simply means that 
God's word is absolutely devoid of man's intrusion, his imagination, his intimation, etc. Uh, in Psalm 12, 6, uh, we see these words, and it says, the, the words of the Lord are pure words. Proverbs 30, verse 5, goes a little bit further. It says, every word of God is pure. Mm-hmm. And finally, in Psalm 119, 140, the longest psalm, exclaims that thy word is very pure. Mm-hmm. God makes this clear in Isaiah 58, verses 8 and 9, uh, t- telling the people, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Every word of God is pure. Right. The Bible says so. I believe it. Me too. Number four. Word of God is plenary. You brought up this in your introduction. Plenary is a word that means every. Mm-hmm. And so the expression verbal plenary inspiration means that every single word in the Bible, from Genesis 1 1 through Revelation 22, verse 21, is inspired of God. Even to the very jot and tittle, the smallest little grammatical marks in, in Hebrew and Greek. Mm-hmm. And you find that jot and tittle. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, talked about in Matthew 5:18 and in Luke 16 verse 17. Mm-hmm. Number 5, the word of God is pre-existent and permanent. Again we go to Psalm 119 verse 89, it says forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Right. In in eternity past before the pen hit the parchment, God's word was and ever shall be because it is already settled in heaven. Amen. It's preexistent and permanent. Number six, the word of God is preserved and permanent. Yes. Do you know that there are over 200 versions, English versions of the New Testament in print today? Good grief. <laughs> I heard a kid in church one day say, Grandma, which one is right? You know, yeah. First Corinthians fourteen thirty three says God's not the author of confusion, and that's why I stay with the four hundred and ten year old King James version because of its uh, because of its reputation and reliability. So, but the God God's word is preserved and in, in in writing and it's permanent. In Isaiah forty uh, verses seven and eight, here's here's what we read: the grass withereth. Flower fadeth because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Sure the surely the people are as grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand for ever. Amen. And then in First Peter verses twenty four and twenty five, Peter repeats these words that we find in Isaiah. In Matthew twenty four thirty five, the Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, the God man. He proclaims this, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. God's word is infinite. That is, it's preserved and permanent. Number seven, God's word is perfect. Now, by that, I mean complete. Moses makes this plain admonition in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2. He says, ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, mm-hmm. neither shall you diminish aught from it. <clears throat> yep. 
no other preacher ought to exalt his own commentary over the printed, permanent, perfect word of God. And you shouldn't and you shouldn't believe me because I say it, but believe what I say because the the Bible says it. Right. And people ought to preach the word of God, not adding to it nor diminishing on from it. In Proverbs 30, verse 6, we find this very strong admonition, Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Mm-mm. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Wait a minute. Stronger still are these words found in Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19, towards the very end of the word of God. And it says, If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Ouch. And if man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. God's word is perfect. That is complete. Mm -hmm. Number eight. Um, Take a breath. Okay, I'm taking a breath. (laughs) (laughs) Number eight. God's word is preventative. In the psalmist writes in Psalm 119, verse 11, I think I pronounced that word wrong. It's preventive. The psalmist writes in 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Right. Folks, get in the word of God, grab a hold of it, and, and go with it. Yep. Uh, it can keep you from sin. Uh, earlier in the same psalm, uh, the psalmist writes this. He says, Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. And you find that in Psalm 119, verses 2 and 3. And so they that keep his testimonies and hide his words in their heart can be prevented from sin. Yeah, yeah. The word of God is preventative number nine we've got a few of these left the word of god is purifying psalm 119 again says this in verse nine wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word you're right believers you want to be pure be in the word Hear it and heed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Jesus' high priestly prayer, he was uh, he was in John 17 praying for his disciples, and and he asked God to quote sanctify that is purify sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy word is truth, mm-hmm. and that truth is purifying. It's cleansing, and if you stay in it. Uh, you will get purer and purer if you practice it. Which leads me to my next item, number 10. The Word of God is practical. The Word of God is to be practiced or put into use. Uh, If you'll read James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, and I won't quote the whole uh, uh, passage, but it tells us to Quote, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. You know, you can read the word of God day by day. You can listen to it in church. But if you don't do it, 
if you don't put it into practice, James says, because if we just hear it and don't do it, we deceive ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in to that. If we do the word, we will be blessed in our deeds. That's what James 1, verses 22 and 25 says. The word of God is a practical thing. It's just to be put to use. Uh, Curtis, you've been in a lot of churches. You know, there's a lot of people that come on Sunday morning and they think, okay, I'm okay with God. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, you know what, that, that remind if, if you don't mind me saying, interjecting something here, Pastor, uh, it reminds me of, of something that uh, I think C.S. Lewis said it. Uh, he said, you know, going to church uh, doesn't, do you, doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in a garage makes you a car. <laughs> I've heard that, Curtis. Thanks for <laughs> It is true. All right. Let's see. That was the number 10. The Word of God is practical. Number 11, the Word of God is protective. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, and you're familiar with this, Curtis. Very. It tells us to put on the whole armor of God, uh, to gird up your loins with the truth. Uh, remember, thy word is truth. And so we're, put, we're to put on the breastplate of righteousness have our feet shod with the gospel of peace, take the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we need to protect ourselves in that manner so that we may, and Ephesians chapter 6 goes on to say, that, that we may stand against the wiles of the devil to withstand in the evil day and to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Want to do that? Amen. The Word of God is protective. Mm-hmm. Put it on. And Curtis, I'm working on another lesson entitled, So Stand. And a lot of these things will be in that article also. we got to take a stand for something or we'll fall for anything. That's right. So stand for the Word of God. Okay, number 12, the Word of God is particular and purposeful. Isaiah 55, 11, again, it says this, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. So we have this, uh, uh, this very wonderful promise and the promise is about God's purpose, mm-hmm. God's pleasure, mm-hmm. and God prospering in his word. Ephesians 1, verse 9, refers to the mystery of, of the will of God. Uh, and, and the word is the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. Sounds like, uh, sounds like God has supreme confidence in his, in his word. 
human being, uh, my confidence in the Word of God is <laughs> while it not be, may not be as supreme as God's confidence, <laughs> I will tell you this, I love it, I believe it, I try to do it, I preach it, I teach it, as I'm doing right now, and I pray. Now, and so, uh, God's Word is particular and purposeful. Get in that Word. Uh, number 13. Uh, take a breath. <laughs> I, love, I love this point, Pastor, that, that, you're, about uh, to, that you're about to bring in. I, I, I love it. And you're following it along. You're cheating. You've got this book I, in front of you. I do have your, uh, yes, I do. Anyway, number 13, the Word of God is powerful and piercing. Hebrews 4.12 says it very plainly. It says this, the word of God is quick. By the way, that word quick means alive. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You see, God's Word is alive. It's yeah. not just some book with with uh, 66 uh, smaller books in it. it, it it's not just uh, a, a series of fables, uh, a series of stories, a, a bunch of allegories. Mm -hmm. No, no. It is the Word of God which is powerful. It's alive and it works in the minds and the hearts of men. Exactly right, and the Holy Spirit does that thing. If you read in John chapters 14, 15, and 16 about the Holy Spirit being the Spirit of truth, that's right, and how they, He will lead you and guide you in all truth, um, uh, then in your hand and in your mind, the Word of God will be powerful, that's right, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Yeah, Amen. Number 14, and, and Curtis, number 14, before I go to it, uh, has to deal with what we're doing here on this podcast. Yes, sir. Yes. It really does. Um, we're trying to get the, the Word of God out to the world. How many foreign countries are we being heard in? Uh, let's see. At last count, I believe it is, let's see, I believe it's seven. I think it's six or seven. I think it, no, it's only six. It's only six, Dad. Yeah, and they are Canada? Uh, looks Kingdom. like United Kingdom, Canada, Thailand, Sweden, Argentina, and India. And recently it had over 100 hits in India. It did. You know, God has told you and he's told me and he's told everybody that's read it that we're to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's right. And that's what we're doing here. That's the purpose of this podcast. It is. We are not doing this for fame or fortune. <laughs> Obviously not. We're doing this to bring faith to the rest of the world that will listen to us. Yes. Amen. And I want to make that clear. And in and, and when I say that, Curtis, uh, I'm going to repeat something you said in our last podcast. We, you and I, are not better 
than anybody else. We're sinners. Oh, we are. <laughs> oh, boy. We're sinners saved by grace. Which makes us not better, but it makes us better off. Yeah, we're better off because we have a home in heaven. We have a Father in heaven. We have a Savior uh, and a Holy Spirit that, that directs us while we're on earth and protects us while we're here. And all this came because you and I believed the Word of God. That's right. Now, and the reason I'm saying all this is to get to our point number 14, which says this, the Word of God is productive as to faith. Mm -hmm. Now, listen to this very carefully. You may have heard this time and again in Sunday school or vacation Bible school or Christian uh, Christian elementary school or, or church, uh, and it's not being talked about as much as it should be. Romans ten seventeen says this, So then faith cometh, are you ready? Oh, yeah. By, by hearing, mm -hmm. and hearing by the word of God. That's how it comes. Now, somebody's going to say, well, what about deaf people? Can I tell you this? In the churches that you and I have been in, the bigger churches, well, we've been in Averyville Baptist Church. We've been in, that's in East Peoria, Illinois. We, we've been in, uh, mid, uh, in uh, Emmanuel Baptist Church in Pontiac, Michigan. Right. We, we've been in First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going when Sharon is able, when my wife is, uh, is in good health. We go to El Vista Baptist Church, which is in Peoria, Illinois. And, uh, and in all of these churches, as the preacher is preaching the word, there is a, a person signing in the deaf language, in our English language, with signs giving these people the word of God, what that preacher is preaching to us who can hear, so that these people can hear with their hearts. Amen. That's right. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And, and, and no doubt, Curtis, this is why Paul admonishes Timothy. And, and I read this so often because I need it. Mm -hmm. You need it. Yeah. And it says, preach the word. Yes. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Right. And why should we do this? Because the word produces saving faith. Sure does. It produces sanctifying faith. It produces serving faith. That's what the word of God is. Amen. It's productive as to our faith. Number 15, and I like this one, <laughs> and, you'll, and you'll see why in just a minute. Number 15, the Word of God is published. Uh -huh. The psalmist says this, The Lord gave the Word, and great was the company of those that published it. <laughs> Psalm 68, 11. Now, now, wait a minute. You're telling me that the Word of God is published in all the world? I'm going to tell you it is. That's right. Uh, the book of Colossians tells us that the gospel in chapter 1 is preached unto every creature in the world. How is this done? Well, uh, primarily through preaching and, and before the word of God uh, to print, 
Mm-hmm. Then there was a guy named Johann Gutenberg in the 1400s, 15th century. He developed the printing press, and well, along with it, he he uh, invented a, a movable type. That is, he was also a typesetter. Right. And and the first book. And I think it was his first book, but it's his best-known book is the 47-line Bible. That's right. That's how many lines there were to every page, and it was printed in Germany. And then, hallelujah, printing began to be an industry. You know, um, Curtis, um, uh, I made a pretty good living in the printing industry. Yes, sir. I was what, I was what they called a litho stripper. That is, I put films together so that they would fit, so that they could have a printing plate made, so that that printing plate could go to a, a, a printing press, either a letter press or an offset press, and be printed in various colors. And so I, I am very, uh, very thankful uh, that God directed this man, Johann Gutenberg, to invent and use the printing press, and to print the Bible. Amen. And so, you know, uh, you've been in my house. You know me. I have right now, as we speak, and by the way, um, uh, I personally own 38 printed copies of study Bibles, right. different study Bibles. <laughs> I like to read the notes, see what people are saying, because uh, there are some very good study Bibles, some very good teachers I put notes in the in the margins, and I like that. And but I have 38 printed copies of the Bible. And by the way, I have more printed copies than that because I have about eight or ten King James version Bibles with no notes in them. <laughs> um, and by the way, I, I used to have more because I, I've given some away. Our friend Lucas Doremus, you know him. I do. Yeah. He's written three books that are really going to be available to the public. And they are long. they are great. I, I, I just read his uh, treatment on Job. Good, uh, really good, good stuff. Yeah. And he and he teaches the word. And he asked me one day, he, he considers me a mentor, although he teaches me as much as I teach him. He's a smart man. <laughs> but he said, can I have one of your Bibles that has notes in it, your notes in it? And I was shocked. Well, I'm not. And that's a that's bear. a that's a pretty smart request. So I gave him one, and he, he uses it. <laughs> and so I'm very glad. And so I'm glad that the Bible is published and has been published. You you've heard of it, uh, about an organization named Wycliffe Translators. Oh yeah. And they have made the Bible available in print in hundreds of languages. And now, thanks to electronic progress, we have websites by the scores, presenting sermons and lessons and charts and commentaries. Wow. And and podcasts. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, indeed. You know, my favorite websites, and I think maybe they're yours too, are MiddletownBibleChurch.org. Great website. I'll say it again so maybe our people can, our listeners can get it down, MiddletownBibleChurch.org. And then our friend and my former pastor, 
now pastoring in Colorado. Her name is J.B. Hickson, and his website is, is notbyworks.org. Yeah, another great, great website. I go there for a lot of information. And all of these are publishing the Word of God. And so the psalmist is correct. Great is the co company of those who publish it. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? And I'm glad for it. Me too. Then, with this one, I'm going to start a wrap-up. Number 16. My goodness, we've had, we've had 15 things that the Word of God is. I could do a lot more of these. But, uh, <laughs> we've got time. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, okay. But, but number 16, the Word of God is precious. Yes, indeed. Samuel chapter 3 verse 1 it says and the word of the Lord was precious in those days there was no open vision mm -hmm. wow yep now, now the word precious and I looked it up in our English dictionary it can mean bright or clear or costly or excellent the word of the Lord was precious in those days there was no open vision. They, they weren't having dreams or having sights. That's right. By the way, Curtis, we have no open vision today. No, no, we don't. And, and, and people say, who say, I have a vision from God, do not believe that. That's right. And here's why. We have no open vision today because we are blessed with the perfect Precious, productive, permanent, and powerful Word of God in print. And it's sad to say that in so many of our denominations and local assemblies in America, the Word of God is not as precious as it once was yeah. and ought now to be. Yes, indeed. It seems that. We have forgotten the saving, sanctifying, supplying nature of God's precious word. Yep. Wow. All those things, that's what the word of God is. That's what the word of God is. Read it, heed it, love it, memorize it. By the way, you may not have this opportunity in a few more years, especially in America, yeah. because... That's the way things we seem have, to be going. Yeah. We have, you have given the title to your podcast, the Christian Underground News Network. Do right. you know that in places like Russia, Estonia, and I've talked to missionaries who have been in those countries, the church is right now underground. That's right. It's now being persecuted. China. And they're trying, and they're trying to do away with it. Yep. But they just can't because there are people in every part of the world that are meeting in a secret place. That's right. There may be only three or four or five of them, but they're still doing it. They may be some of our they may be some of our listeners, Pastor. And, and I hope that we're that we're reaching them and doing what we what the God told us to do, and that's to preach the word, whether it's convenient or not. That's right. And right now it's convenient for us, and I think one day 
when the uh, sensors get a hold of what we're doing, we might be censored. Possibility. So let's do it now, and let's get people saved and sanctified and serving and supplicating right now, because the day is going to come. Jesus said he came to do God's work, but the night cometh when no man can work. Yeah, that's right. Now these are these are some things, and I've got a. I, I, I'm looking at the clock, Curtis, and I still think we're within the hour. Oh so yeah, I'm yeah. We you, you've got a good 15 minutes left, Pastor. Go ahead. And I'm not going to take that long. Uh, but but let me just say this: that that to conclude, that in addition to all these above things, I think we can see that the Word of God is also precise. It's pertinent. It's prophetic. And it's priceless. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, in light of all of these above things, what should especially the believer do with the Word of God? The unbeliever should believe it. Absolutely. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. The Bible says that four times in the book of Genesis, in the book of Romans, in the book of Galatians, in the book of James. Abraham believed God. He didn't do works. He didn't run to church. Nope. He didn't go to a confessional booth. Nope. He believed God, and it was accounted to him righteousness. So we pray, uh, before I do this conclusion, that if those of you who have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please do it today. Don't wait. You don't know that you have tomorrow. You may have, but you may not. And so here's what you believe. First Corinthians 15. Says this in the first four verses that the gospel is how Jesus lived, died on the cross, was buried, and was risen again. He died for our sins that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Yep. I believe that He died for you, he died for me and you, Curtis. Amen. He died for the sins of the whole world, according to the book of James. And so he died for you if you're listening today but haven't received Jesus Christ by grace through faith. Not by works, but by God's grace. It's a gift through faith, which comes by hearing the word of God. And you've heard it today. Please do that today. Now, if you have, just pray to God and thank him. Yes. Now, in light of all these things, uh, here's how I'm going to conclude this. What should the believer do with the Word of God? We know what the Word of God is. Now what should we do with it? Number one, we should desire it. Yeah. The psalmist says, or the Peter says, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, he says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby, when a baby is, is is hungry, and Curtis, I remember this. You were the best and biggest and, and loudest crier I have ever heard. Well, thanks for thanks for letting everybody know that I was a crier. <laughs> <laughs> and it was because you either wanted to be held or you wanted to be fed. And so, just like that. 
we believers ought to desire, cry for mm-hmm. the sincere milk of the word. As babes, that, as babes, our 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 needs are are quite simple, aren't they? And frequent. And frequent. That's right. Yeah. That as the word babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And because mm-hmm. Curtis, you cried. Mm-hmm. For your mother's breast, mm-hmm. yeah. and you had the milk. That was the beginning. Sure was. And now, now you're nearly sixty years old, strong as a bull with a great voice, and a love for the Word of God. You desire, and, and you did that because, as you were growing up, not always, but you desired the sincere milk of the Word, and you grew in your soul and spirit. This is for our progress. That's right. Desire it. That's Number right. two. We need to delight in it. Mm. The happiest moments of my life. Now, I love my wife. I love being with her. I love my kids. I love talking to you and Kelly. Sharon had a nice long talk with Kelly last night on the telephone. But here, here it is. The blessed man's delight is in the law of the Lord. We need to delight in it. The psalmist says, I will desire delight myself in thy statutes psalm 119 16 this speaks of our pleasure mm-hmm. number three we should divide it rightly don't mess with the word of god don't make it say what you think it means let it mean what it does mean and so to do that we have to study to show thyself approved unto god a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of Curtis, I've told you this a, a zillion times. I'm exaggerating, but lots of times, the most three, the three most important words in biblical hermeneutics or interpretation is context, context, and context. <laughs> yes, Rightly indeed. Rightly divide the word of truth, put right. it where it belongs and in its proper setting. Right. And this is our preparation. Fourth, do it. We've already talked about James one one twenty two. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Our practice is encouraged here in that in that verse. Then uh, we should diligently meditate in it. Again, we refer to Psalm chapter one, uh, where David talks about the blessed man, and he talks says about this blessed man, and in his law, that's his word, doth he meditate in it day and night, Psalm 1-2. And that's noting our persistence. Mm-hmm. Keep on keeping in it. That's right. Number six. And this is what we're trying to do uh, in the power of the Holy Ghost and under the command of God with this podcast. We are to dutifully declare it. Amen. We've already read this verse. I'm going to read it again. 2 Timothy 4, 2 says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. And of course, this is our preaching of the word. Now, I'm finished and I'll make just a couple of more comments. What we've tried to teach you is a lot of things about the word of God that maybe you've never heard before. And maybe you have heard them but haven't done them. And so we want to be faithful purveyors of the precious and holy Word of God because we know what the Word of God is. 
and it's our responsibility to get it to you. Amen. And we thank you for thank you for tuning in, whether you be in whether you be in Sherman, Texas, or in Thailand. We hope that you've been blessed by it, and we hope that you will grow in it, and we hope that you will do it dutifully. I'll let you close, brother. Well, Pastor, thank you very much. Uh, that that was um, that was an incredibly insightful and uh, and uh, articulate and complete breakdown of what the Bible actually is, what the Word of God actually is. It it's striking to me, uh, you know, especially in the beginning of this particular podcast, uh, I was struck by. Uh, the number of times that God uh, said that this is from his mouth, uh, as, as I say, uh, you know, th- this is evidence. Uh, you know, if we were talking in purely secularly legal terms, uh, the law of first mention would come into play uh, as, yes. as evidence and uh seeing as God had said so many, many, many times throughout his word that he said. We, we ought to take that as evidence of what the word of God really is. It is. It is God's word. This, is, this book, the entire book from beginning to end, came directly from the mouth of God. There shouldn't, there shouldn't be any argument if we're just looking at it from, from a purely secularly legalistic kind of viewpoint. It's obvious. And, uh, you know, our, our faith is separate from, from a secular viewpoint, completely se- separate from that. But I'm just I, I'm advocating that if, if for, no, for no other reason, uh, you know, look at it from that viewpoint. You need to look at it from the law of first mention. Look how many times it's mentioned. It's evidence that it, this book is actually straight from the mouth of God. You know the first, you know the first time when it said, uh, the Lord of God said, the, the, the Lord said, mm-hmm. it's in Genesis. Yeah, yeah. Nine yeah. times at least. That's right, that's now, right. Now, if God, if God spoke the world in, into existence, how hard is it to believe that he spoke his word into existence? That's right. And in addition to that, I have a study Bible. Um, Harold Linsell is the, was the chief uh, editor of it. Uh, he wrote an article in there. He said that in the Old Testament alone, there are over 2,000 times where you see the words, Thus saith the Lord, or something comparable. That's right. 2,000 times. How much plainer does it get? Not much at all. <laughs> it shouldn't get much plainer than that. <laughs> the Bible says it, and we and and, and, and that sounds it. That's right. That's right. That's so, uh, in in many circles that's called dogma, but it, it to me it's plain evidence, plain and simple evidence that the Bible is indeed what it says it is: the Word of God. And uh, yep. I want to thank you for this block of instruction, Pastor. I, uh, it was very enlightening and uh, and very encouraging also uh, 
to me as a believer, and I, I hope it is to all the other believers that are listening out there. And for those of you that, that uh, are not born again, that if you're not a believer, we pray that you'll consider uh, in your heart and in your mind what, uh, what Pastor put out today uh, regarding what the Word of God is. Uh, there's, there's no way that we're going to tell you anything. We're not giving you our opinion. We're giving, we're giving you exactly what God said. And uh, we don't argue with that, and we pray that, that you'll be touched and, uh, and come to a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for tuning in with us today. Uh, Curtis, before you close. Yes, sir. I've got a couple of minutes, haven't I? You do. May I mention we're going to do Saturday? Uh, today is Saturday. Oh, I mean Tuesday. Yeah, we're, we're, what we're going to do this coming Tuesday? Yeah, what we're going to do this coming Tuesday. Sure. We're yeah. going we're gonna, to we're gonna answer, we're going to deal with two questions. That's right. And see if we can answer them. And those questions are, and if you want to know about them, uh, boy, tune in. Here's question question number one. Who is the Antichrist? Yeah, I think there are a lot of folks wondering if if we're approaching the time when we're going to be able to find out exactly who that is. That's right. And uh, uh, you and I aren't going to be on Earth when he appears. No. Nonetheless, nonetheless, it's it's a pretty good question. It is. Number two, we're going to talk about the question, is the rapture a real event? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do that, and, and, and I, I correct myself, Tuesday. Sometimes I get so excited about what we're doing, I forget <laughs> what day it is. Me, anyway. me too, me too. All right. You're not so rowing so that boat alone. So we're going to do that on Tuesday. Who yep. is the Antichrist? That's right. And is the rapture a real event? That's right. That's right. Me too. I'm looking forward to it, as, as I hope uh, our listeners are also. And we invite you once again uh, to join us every Saturday and every Tuesday uh, as, we, uh, as we fulfill the Great Commission and, uh, and as we, we bring the gospel to you. Uh, and we <laughs> believe me, I, it, I get excited, Pastor, and I, I know you probably do too, Every time yep. it comes close to podcast time, where we're actually yep. going to record things, uh, you know, my, my sense of uh, uh, excitement and urgency, uh, you know, it, it really kind of takes over a day or two before this. And, uh, and I, I hope our listeners feel the same way. And if, if you are listening to us, no matter where you are in the world, um, we hope and pray that, uh, that you will share this with people that you know, uh, people that, that you know need it, and uh, we, we, we pray that it will be fruitful in that way. Um, so please let me encourage you to join us uh, on Saturdays and Tuesdays. Please uh, be with us this, next to, this upcoming Tuesday uh, when we cover these two very, very critically important uh, subjects. Um, Pastor, thank you once again. God bless you, and uh, God bless you, son. And we pray, uh, we hope, and pray that uh, this is a blessing to all who are hearing it. Um, 
please join us again uh, this Tuesday. And with that, we're going to sign off for the day. Uh, God bless you, and may God keep you. Goodbye.